The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to True Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is a Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of the third lesson on the uh, from the book Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols. Uh, Lisa is a friend and a friend of Christ Universal Temple. And I thought this would be a wonderful book to start the new year off with because it focuses so much on the personal techniques and skill sets, et cetera, and things we need to develop mentally to achieve our goals now. So I want to make sure that I emphasize that I'm going to be teaching the book until I complete it. And I'm still in the first chapter. I was going to jump over to the second chapter, but I'm still in the first chapter because the first chapter is rather long. And I want to make sure that I don't cheat the experience. Now, I'm not going to teach page for page. So it's going to be things that I'm going to leave out from teaching this book. But that's why you get the book and you read the chapters because it's going to be some things that you want to get for yourself. Uh, things you want to work on yourself. I just want to make sure I hit some highlight points, not all the highlights, but some highlight points that you can utilize in your life now to practically express or demonstrate your good. So if you don't have the book, make sure you get the book abundance now by Lisa Nichols. Uh, I'm on, I'm going directly to page 42, directly to page 42 under the title abundance usually requires you to move to a new mental zip code abundance usually requires you move to a new mental zip code and i'm skipping over now to page 43 which after she talks about the choices we've made she said the truth is we live in an abundant world now that's Not to say that there isn't real struggle in hurting people who have genuinely fallen on hard times. And the truth remains that there is enough for all of us. All that remains is for you to choose whether you'll be abundance focused or consumed by the feeling of impossible or lack. Now, here's one of the things that's really important out of the process of discovering and working with demonstrating your good. 
You have to keep choosing it. You have to choose. Choose. And you might say, well, this is not an option for me. And you still, you create choice. You create possibility by choosing what doesn't seem to be there. I really don't want you to miss that. You create possibility by choosing what's not already there. So if you're in a situation where uh, it seems to be a lack of resources, you're choosing resources, you're choosing prosperity, you're choosing money, you're choosing abundance. But it's not there. Uh, it will never be there if you don't choose it. As as it stated before, calling things that be not as though they were. Calling forth things that be not is how it's stated in the, in the epistle to the Romans in the Bible. Calling things that be not as though they were. You have to choose it. Faith is the power to to, to bring from the invisible that which is in the invisible into visibility. But you have to choose it. And you choose it by being abundant, abundance focused. Uh, H.M. Katie talks about her lessons in truth when she says, uh, uh, every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and, and the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. So when we believe that we're trapped or we believe that we're in bondage or we believe that we don't have options, that's bondage. That's in being enslaved to a belief that you don't have options. So you have to literally choose to be in your power and create options and possibilities that don't currently exist in your experience. But the choice creates them. So she goes on to say, and the moment you become non-negotiable about changing your mental zip code, pack your bags and mentally move to a new zip code filled with prosperity instead of scarcity, you will begin to see your life change. The moment you begin to think like prosperous people think, study what prosperous people study, and be more intentional about attracting what you want to attract is the moment your life will begin to change. If prosperity is your goal, then you should be studying about prosperity. You should be listening to prosperity. You should, while you're driving, you're listening to prosperity. If you're on YouTube, you're watching prosperity videos. Who are the people who understand prosperity the best? Who are the most successful people in your field? Or maybe not in your field, but if if you are, if you have a, you know, already have a career choice and you're going down a path, or you have some new goals and dreams that you aspire to achieve. Start studying the people who have achieved a level of success. That doesn't mean that you don't follow the inner guidance of God within you. But what you want to do is you want to stir up the thinking to shift it. Because if God gives you a magnificently big idea and you don't have the mental capacity to deal with it, that idea won't do you any good. Many people get big ideas. That they can't do anything with. Because they're not ready to play with an idea that big. Their belief system can't accept it as possible. Or even I would even say probable. Because there's there's some people who say that's plausible. I taught this in a show years ago. 
that that's plausible, that's possible, and then that's probable. Are you at the state of this is probable? Uh, you know, you might not be able to say, I know I, I know I can, but is it probable? More, more, more likely to happen? Anyway, so this is a mental shift. This is a paradigm shift. This isn't putting new wine in the old wineskins. This is saying that I am intentional about creating a new mental zip code. In other words, a new paradigm or context of prosperity and abundance. She goes on to say, the moment you change your mindset is the moment that your finances, relationships, and physical wellness will have to follow. And the good news is that thinking, studying, and acting like prosperous people do is easier than ever. Why? Why is it easier? Because we have access to it. She says the documentaries, books, role models, websites, training courses, all for specific goals. You can have a trainer for your physical goals. You can have a trainer for educational goals. You can have tr- people train you for spiritual goals, for career goals, for hobby goals. It doesn't make a difference. If you want to learn how to do something, there's probably a, 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 a how to do it video on YouTube right now. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast because there's something that you get from this podcast that makes you come back to listen to it. So in a way, I'm a mentor or a teacher to you or f- because I'm helping you achieve a specific thing, whatever that thing is. So then she quotes Wallace Waddles, who wrote the book, The Science of Getting Rich in 1910. Well, I love this quote. And I really wanted to land. If you want to be rich, you must not make a study of poverty. If you want to be rich, you must not make a study of poverty. Stop becoming an expert in what you don't want. Now, unless it's your field of work, you know, like some people, it's their job to study trends and economic ups and downs and, the you know, the breakdowns in culture etc. If you're in law enforcement, it's your job to study cycles of violence and things of that nature. But that's those are very specific jobs. Most people just become experts in stuff that don't matter to, in their lives as far as their well-being. It's like being a person who who can answer all the questions on Jeopardy but can't make their life work. I'm not knocking Jeopardy contestants don't get the wrong idea my point is just because you have information does not mean you have transformation and be present to the fact that that they're two totally different things some people have they can tell you all the reasons why something won't work now that does not mean that you don't listen to good counsel. There's sometimes people are telling you, well, your idea is solid, but your application is bogus, is ridiculous, is it won't get you the results that you desire. And that's okay. That's skill. That's a skill set. Somebody might say you jump out there and you don't know what the heck you're doing. You can fall on your face. That's wisdom. What does that mean? 
Now, I'm not saying you got to know everything before you jump out, but I think you should be very clear about what it is that you desire. You be, need to be connected to your why. You need to be connected to the things you need to do. So ask yourself, have you been studying what you don't want? If you want to be rich, you must not make a study of poverty. All right. So she says, if more than enough, page 43, if more than enough information is available to us on the Internet through advisors and in books, why do so many of us stay stuck in a scarcity mindset? Because it's simply human nature to remain committed to the familiar discomfort than to an unfamiliar new possibility. So we will remain stuck where we are, even if it's uncomfortable, because it's familiar. People have a tendency to take the path of least resistance. It's easier to stay on the couch than it is to go to the gym or to get on the treadmill. Or to do that walk around the neighborhood to stay in shape. It's easier to eat fast food than it is to actually get better food that might take more time to to prepare. It's easier uh, to to sleep late, not get up. Do your prayer work or your meditation work or your workout or make your smoothie for your health or whatever it is that you need to do in the morning. It's easier just to sleep late. It's easier to talk about your goals than it is to actually work on your goals. It's easier. And get real present to, uh, as I tell my students, Spirit does not call you to convenience. Because I'm a big believer that these desires of your heart are led by you, uh, are being led by the Spirit of God in you to say good is possible for you if you can accept it. But Spirit is not going to call you to convenience. You got to do some things. Your dream isn't for the now you, your dream is for the potential you. Know the difference. So she says the best way to, to get past being stuck, page 44, is to acknowledge. This is where I am. This is what I'm working with. And recognize that you got to put some work in getting past the mental barriers that are blocking you. And you have to put in some different systems to make it work. Then she drops the um, the w- one of the best statements uh, or paragraphs in the book. I think this is just fantastic. She wrote, if you have a job and blame your lack of financial wealth on your employer, realize that you just surrendered your financial future to someone who then who did not even ask to take on that responsibility not only did you disempower yourself but you also empowered someone else who never asked to be your financial god ooh that's powerful i'm going to read it again if you have a job and blame your lack of financial wealth on your employer realize that you've just surrendered your financial future to someone who do not even ask to take on that responsibility. Not 
only did you disempower yourself, but you also empowered someone else who never, who's never asked to be your financial God. And just think about what that means. When we say the reason why I don't have is because of this person or that person, boss, supervisor, etc. When we say that we don't have it because of um, when we don't have what we think we need to have because an individual is standing in the way or they don't recognize my worth. The real question is, do you recognize your worth? And what are you willing to do to get your worth legally? By the way, let me just keep putting that out there. But you have to recognize your worth first. You know, it's like one of my relatives. I was joking around with him. He has quite the entrepreneurial spirit. And I was just talking to him about purpose and calling and mission. And I said, you know, I was like, what do you, I said, what do you really like to do? He said, I like making money. It's point blank. I can make me some uh, uh, business where I can make money, flip money, whatever I need to do to make the money quick. Uh, 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 I don't have to work with people. I mean, work for people. I want to do that. So he has a side things, business, business, businesses, businesses, business, always got an idea that makes money. You know, and it was kind of funny because I'm so used to these spiritual conversations that I have with people. You know, I want to, you know, doctor, I want to be a lawyer to help uh, oppress people who don't have a voice. And, you know, I want to be a minister and help transform the world. I want to be a speaker. I want to be whatever. I hear all of these things. And, and it was kind of refreshing to hear somebody just say to me, I like making money. Point blank. Point blank. So show him a way he can invest his money into getting more money out of it. That's what he likes. <laughs> and and that's what he does. And he's good at it. The point that I'm making out of it is you have to evaluate who are you allowing to be your financial God. Jesus said you can't serve two masters because you'll love one. And hate the other. Mm. And some people have allowed bosses, supervisors, uh, other co-workers, or in their opinions, uh, and many other limiting beliefs to be their financial god. This is why I can or can't have what I desire. So we're getting close to our first break. And uh, if you want to call in and ask a question, you can call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Don't forget that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.unityfm.unity.fm. Messing it up, unity.fm. And click on the giving or donate button to help support this online ministry. Don't forget this uh, show has a Facebook page, uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Uh, like it. Uh, like it on iTunes. Like it on Stitcher. 
We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download. Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, uh, I'm studying uh, or teaching the book Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols, and I'm still in Chapter 1, so let's get to it. Uh, She goes on to say on page 44, to further the point, if you ever said, I would be happier if my job were... You have chosen to slide out of the driver's seat of your life and move into the passenger seat. Depending on the energy you put into that statement, you might move even further away to the back seat and in some cases, the trunk. It is now time for you to get back at the driver's seat of your life. Mm. Mm. So in other words, who's driving your life? Whose decisions are determining what you can and can't have? Every decision of about your well-being that's not controlled by you 
is a step or lack of control. It's one of the reasons why, you know, without getting political, I always tell people, uh, don't complain, vote. That matters. Like, vote. You know, people complain about things and they don't vote. Uh, but that's a passenger seat mentality, not a driver's seat mentality. Oh, this vote don't make a difference, blah, blah, all that type of stuff. That's what people want you to believe so you can stay disempowered. It's no different than working at a job. I can remember um, before I was in ministry, I worked in the grocery. I just worked for a large grocery chain in Chicago. I started there as a teenager pushing carts and um, became a part-time cashier, which is kind of rolling along till I came along to came to start coming to CUT. And I can remember, you know, at the time, you know, uh, Reverend Coleman, Johnny Coleman, who was one of the greatest prosperity teachers on the planet. And, you know, she had all these people coming to speak here. Les Brown, who was trained here, the mo- the motivator. Um, shout out to Les. He's uh, recovering from a health challenge right now. Uh, uh, as he s- said on Facebook Live, um, she would bring people like uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, and other teachers of uh prosperity and abundance reverend ike etc and i can remember you know being you know a really young man and saying to myself after being exposed to this type of teaching and saying to myself if i'm going to be at this store i'm going to make money or i'm leaving and i didn't that was just my conviction so i said okay what do i need to do to, to make money I need to be a manager, but I was, I was way down the totem pole. You know, it was a union store, uh, you know, and you had to work your way through stuff, you know, and I just decided that none of that stuff mattered. And literally I figured a way around it. I just, as spirit led step by step. So by the time, uh, you know, a few years later, literally from that decision, I was, you know, responsible for 77 employees directly, like their scheduling, their, uh, you know, hours, uh, what they do, et cetera, training, development, uh, accountability, the whole nine. And, and some of them could do jobs that I didn't even know how to do. Uh, you know, like I, and I'm sharing this because that's not supposed to happen. When I was promoted, they said, you know, uh, the, the people thought I was so effective. They promoted me before they finished my training. But again, I said, if I'm going to be at, if I'm going to work for this grocery store company, I'm going to make money or I'm going to quit because I have to make money. I was dedicated to that. And I even got to the point where I said, because I applied, was applying for positions initially, and and I wasn't getting them. And I said, okay, I'm going to be a manager. I'm not going to be here. And literally, literally, when I applied for the next position, I didn't get it. And the human resource person said, I liked your interview so much. 
I'm going to create a program for you. So remember, when you make a choice, your choice creates options that didn't exist. Remember, I just said that a few minutes ago. Your choice will create options that that don't currently exist. But the conviction of either I'm going to be a manager or I'm not going to be here created a, a, a training program that did, literally did not exist. Why am I sharing this story? Because we have to put personal touches on this stuff. I don't want you to just think it's theoretical. You have to make some choices and and become non-negotiable, as she says in the book. Like, how how serious am I about it? Like, no, I got to do this. No, I got to do this. And again, I'm not telling anybody to do something that's beyond their state of consciousness because if you jump out there and, and you don't have the same level of conviction, guess what? You can fall on your face. So when you move, make sure that faith is moving you because if you move and you get like Peter, Jesus said, uh, Peter said, Jesus, can I walk on the water? Yeah, Jesus said, come on, Peter. Peter got out the boat, started walking on the water, and as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. The moment he started looking at the water, the turbulence, in other words, he started to sink. So you got to be ready to walk on the water when you get out the boat. Just saying. All right. So she goes on to say, but what if you're already there simply refusing to step on the gas because you're afraid you'll hit a curb, a wall or a center divider? Realize that the only way you'll hit something if you're not steering, just like driving a real car. Steering takes knowledge and practice, which you can't get when you're in the parking lot. So step on a gas. Learn how to steer those parts of your life you need to control and get into motion. Mm. She then says another way that people keep themselves from moving forward is they hide behind ambiguity and lack of knowledge. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what to do next. I'm not clear. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my mission. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I should do next. She says, if this describes you, simply lean into the uncertainty. Move forward. And if your first step doesn't feel right, then pick up your foot, scrape whatever you step in off the bottom of your shoe, and then move in an alternative direction until you find success. Just keep moving. So for the people who are always saying, I don't know what to do, choose something. However small it is that you're going to do and see it through. It could be something as simple as uh, I'm going to choose every morning to do 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, and I'm going to march in place for 10 minutes, and I'm going to do 20 jumping jacks, and I'm going to do that for 21 days. And they say, well, what's that got to do with your success? It has everything to do with your success because you made a goal. If you do it for 21 days, you will have the sense of accomplishment, not to mention better health, but you have the sense of accomplishment. 
that I can put my mind on a thing and I can see it through to completion. Many times the reason why we don't have success is because we have too many things in our lives that are incomplete. So what you're doing is learning how to discipline your mind to say you're going to do a thing and complete it. We want you to get that, to see it clearly, follow it through, and then have the sense of accomplishment. I did that. I completed that. I finished that. And when you have that feeling of completion, it gives you the confidence to start something new. This will help you with your indecision. Because if you're indecisive about what you should or shouldn't be doing and you're playing that game with yourself, you'll never start anything of substance. So start off with some smaller things. I'm going to read one book a month or two books a month, no matter what, on this subject and just do it. I'm going to put... 30 minutes a day to reading. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes a day. If you read 15 to 20 minutes every day, uh, there's no way you could knock out at least one book a month. No way. I'm not saying highlight it and write in the book. If you just read 20 minutes a day, there's no way you could knock out a book a month easily, which would be 12 books. A year. Now, let's just say you decided you're going to read 40 minutes a day. And and you're going to read two books a month on a particular subject. Now, that's 24 books in a year. Let's just say you're going to read an hour a day. So that's, I don't have to say you got to sit down and do the whole hour at one time. But let's just say you, I'm going to read one hour a day. And you read three books a month. Mm, You get my point? You go from 12 to 24 to 36 on a particular subject. How much better would you be? In any given subject, if you took the next year to read 36 books on that one subject, and obviously how much better would you be if you actually took action on the information you were reading? Now you're multiplying it beyond the ability to even measure What would it look like to say, I'm going to understand prosperity and you got and you read over the course of 12 months, 36 books on prosperity. The best people, the best teachers teaching the subject at the level that you understand what if it was uh, 
business plan. I have, I want to start my own business or I have a business of for profit or non for profit. And I want to learn the best practices on how to do this. And you decided that you were going to read three books a month on just how to do your business. How much better would you be in your career or your business if you took that much time studying the greats in your subject matter? If you were studying health, no different. Because here's the thing. And I tell people this all the time. Folks who know me will know that I use this term. If you really want to be successful in a subject or in learning a subject and demonstrating it, you have to immerse yourself in it. You have to you have to practice immersion. Just like getting in a swimming pool. You don't learn how to swim by just putting your feet in. You have to immerse yourself in the water. And if you really want to be great, you have to immerse yourself in your subject matter. Literally immerse yourself in it. Because I'm a believer in being elite at your subject matter. I used to tell Reverend Coleman uh, when she was active, you know, she's deceased now, but when she was active in ministry, that nobody was going to outwork me on her team. I was going to outstudy everybody. Now, that may or may not be true, but that was my commitment. And because it was my commitment, no matter what happened, I made sure that I was and am well-versed when it comes to the teaching of new thought. And anything that's connected to it that will help me teach it better. No excuses. I believe in being elite. So it doesn't make a difference what the subject matter is in new thought. And I'm not bragging on myself. I want to make sure that we understand or you understand the point I'm trying to get across. I'm using myself as an example. There's not a subject matter that's taught in new thought that I cannot teach well, not just teach, teach it well, teach it with substance, teach it with examples that I'm able to. I can quote anybody on any subject. Goldsmith said this. Neville said that. Charles Fillmore said this. Myrtle Fillmore said that. Ernest Holmes said this. Joseph Murphy said that. On and on and on and on and on and on. Why? Because. I can control that. I can. My my success in my field is determined by me. And, and you're no different. Are you willing to be elite? And are you willing to do the things it takes to be elite? I'm not letting anybody out speak me. I don't care where I am. Who's on the platform with me? If you're on the platform with me, I'm coming for you, point blank. 
And I mean what I'm saying. I'm not joking. I'm not being facetious. I literally have that attitude. You step on the you step on the on the platform with me. I'm trying to blow the mic up. I want the mic to be on fire after I finish preaching. Like you can't use this microphone anymore. This is my mic. It's a mentality. It's a mentality. So with that, it's time for our second break. And I'll be right back with Truth Transforms. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. So let me get back to the book. Uh, Get my point. Uh, Get into action. Make a commitment. Follow it through, and you'll have the benefit of the knowledge, the skill, if you practice it, and the the sense of completion that allows you to go forward and do other things. Don't be a person who has so many open things in your life that nothing ever gets complete. Be present to, it's okay to say, I'm, a, I'm not going to. I got to pull my attention from some of these other things and start getting things complete in my life. Because you're going to, you know, you know, you're going to utilize time, you know, to live on the planet Earth means you live in a space time context. And you have all these open things that are unaddressed or incomplete because some things are incomplete because they're unaddressed. We just left it there, incomplete. And we kind of know it's there, but we try not to pay attention to it. So, but it's seeping oh, energy from us. So we don't get an opportunity to totally complete it. All right. Back to the book. All right. She wrote on page 45, action beckons results and results beckon clarity. 
although you may want to see the entire path before you ever take a step step life just doesn't work that way and then she calls martin luther king jr to take the first step in faith you don't have to see the whole staircase just take the first step all right then she talks about visualization on page 46 and she talks about how the practice of visualization um, helps give your brain direction towards what it is that you want. Um, so in the midst of the book, she says on page 47, the more you visualize what you want, the more your mind can see it and your brain can go to work bringing it about set aside time every day to close your eyes and focus on your goals, creating vivid pictures in your mind's eye that incorporate color, sound, emotion, even scent. Visualize your goals as already complete by a specific date, even by a specific time. The more clear and compelling detail you can include, the more accelerated energy will be released. Now, what she's explaining in this midst of this visualization technique is a feeling gets the blessing. You got to be able to see it clearly, the mental equivalent. I talked about that at the end of last year. Clarity of vision, conviction of feeling, the interest that you put in it. You have to see yourself in it. And she's saying, take time every day to go through this process. Now, we're always going to find time to do other stuff. I know that I personally, in one sitting, can check my phone because I got a text. The next thing I know, I'll check and see, oh, I got some Facebook notifications. And then I'll check my notifications. Uh, it might be two or three notifications. And then I'll say, well, since I'm here, let me scroll and see what's happening. And I'll look up, and it's 15 minutes later. That could have been visualization time because that's not the only time during the day where that might happen. Because then it's like, oh, since I'm on my phone, let me check my emails. I'm scrolling through my emails. It might not be time for me to check my emails because I try to check them at a certain time every day to make sure I don't miss things. But what I'm saying to you is don't allow pleasant distractions to stop you from doing your inner work, your reading, your prayer, your visualizing, your meditating. You're writing your goals down. You're creating your action plans that, you know, watching your whatever. If you got to be on YouTube, watch YouTube videos that's helping you achieve your goal or helping you meditate or visualize. There's tons of them on YouTube. And I'm not saying don't do social media and all that type of stuff. I'm a social media dude. Or well, not all of them. I don't know I do all that stuff. But, I, you know, but the... But I do like it. I think it's uh, I think it's something that is beneficial to society, like anything, when used properly. But the key is, don't allow it to be a pleasant distraction. A pleasant distraction, and, and sometimes the pleasant distraction is: I know I came home and I said I was going to do this, this, this toward my goal, but then we get on the couch, and we're watching the TV, or we're watching the game, and for me, it's the game. I love, love, love NBA basketball. 
to me, there's nothing sweeter on the earth than watching NBA basketball. I love it more than football, any other sport, whatever. Watching the NBA works for me. I can watch any game as long as it's the NBA. I have my favorite teams, like the Bulls on Chicago, Golden State. I love to watch them, Steph Curry, et cetera. Uh, that's my guy. That being said, if I'm watching Golden State at the expense of preparing something that I need to do for my life, then I'm losing track of the fact that Steph Curry already has a $200 million contract because while I'm watching something, he's dribbling and and practice shooting and working on his skill set. And if I want to have the success that allows me to be able to chill when I want to chill and watch the NBA basketball or whatever else I want to be able to watch and be able to enjoy it when I need to enjoy it. I need to make sure that I measure my time and direct my time in a way that allows me to do the things that I enjoy and still get the job done and still get the job done. All right. So then she gives an actual a visualization technique, what I'm, which I'm not going to read because it's long. How to do it step by step. The last part I want to read about this chapter in this chapter is, uh, what she calls forward disruption. Expect a scarcity mindset from others, and I think this is an important way to start to end this chapter. So next week I'll go into chapter two. She wrote, the people who are closest to you will often experience mild to moderate disruption when you begin pursuing your goals in earnest. Why? It's because you're disrupting what was familiar to them. They're becoming uncomfortable with change. Unfortunately, those circumstances with which you have become uncomfortable, the modest income you earn, the unexceptional career you may have, or the ordinary lifestyle you lead are familiar to the people closest to you. As you move forward on creating an exceptional life experience, realize that you'll be creating something new and unknown for others. But beware, beware not to fall victim to this consequence yourself. That's key. So in other words, when you start talking about change and transformation or going back to school or, uh, taking on the second job to get your financial, whatever the people, you know, especially people who you live with, like spouses and, you know, committed significant others and whatever family members who are, who are affected by your choices. They, they will say, well, how does this affect me? And you have to be visionary when you explain it. They might not always get it, but you got to be really clear about it. So she says, she says, during a recent appearance on the Steve Harvey show, Steve asked me, what's something that makes transformation so difficult for people? She wrote, I responded, and as I explained above, that people often become more committed to a familiar discomfort than they are to a familiar, unfamiliar new possibility. New possibility, which... Uh, she wrote it this way. She says, Steve Harvey said to her on page 55, I realize that I have to stop sharing my million dollar dreams with, with hundred dollar people. Let me repeat that. I realize that I have to stop sharing my million dollar dreams with hundred dollar people. That doesn't mean that people are horrible people or bad people. 
Uh, they just might not have the capacity to think at that level of success. And it's okay. And you still love them. Mama might not be able to see what you're talking about. That don't mean she's not still mama. It don't mean you don't still love mama and and do your due diligence as a child to make sure that, you know, you're handling your, your business and you're cultivating that relationship. She just can't see what you see. So instead of trying to force and drag, just go do it and allow your success to speak for itself. You know, I, I, uh, when I was younger, I used to be one of those people who uh, used to defend uh, Reverend Coleman because people used to spread lies about Christ Universal Temple because, you know, Reverend Coleman was teaching new thought in a city that is primarily dominated by fundamentalist uh, black churches. Uh, and Catholicism, Chicago, you know, has a large Catholic base, large fundamentalist Baptist Pentecostal base, female preacher, teaching prosperity, teaching in heaven and hell of states of mind, not places you go after death and all that type of stuff, uh, teaching universal law. And she she was getting all the arrows for it. And I would I was one of those people that was ready to, you know, to, to, to defend her honor. And she would say every once in a while. You don't have to defend me. Just tell people to drive by 11901 South Ashland and let them see what God has done through a Johnny Coleman Christ Universal and Christ Universal Temple. You don't have to argue. Have them look at the success. And believe me when I tell you, there are going to be people who don't believe what you can do and they love you. They just can't see it. Let them see the success. Let the success be the conversation. That's your theory. Well, you don't believe in me, and I need you to believe in me. I used to be one of those people. Oh, the people that are closest to me, I need them with me to believe in me. No, that was my story and excuse for not doing what I needed to do. And when I got honest enough about that, then that shifted my position about what I need and don't need. And I'm suggesting that you can do the same. It's just your story you make up. I need this person to believe in my dream. Okay. So if they don't believe in your dream, you don't get to have your dream. If they don't believe in your dream, then then something is wrong. You're making it wrong. There's nothing wrong. It's your dream. Not theirs. Live your dream and help them live theirs. How about that? Then everybody gets what they want. Anyway, it's time to wrap this show up today. So... With that, um, next week we'll phase into chapter two, so be prepared. Uh, God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. 
This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. when you entered first grade did you find it hard to believe you'd ever be able to learn and do all that was expected of you do you remember how through your own consistent effort and the support of your parents and teachers you did learn the basics and went on to master more complex skills life is a process similar to the one we experience in school as we move through life and attempt to expand our awareness of who we are and what life is all about we encounter new problems such as the schoolroom of daily living We can approach each situation with a positive attitude, take one step at a time, and know it's only a matter of persistence before we arrive at a solution. Repeated efforts will accomplish any undertaking. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want, but not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors, The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold.
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.